0: Seven Rivers Student Ministry Podcast. We believe that all students are lovable through a relationship with Jesus. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can visit us at www.sevenrivers.org backslash student. The Book Club, a podcast full of conversations about books that teach us stuff. My name is Sarah and I'm your host. I'm glad to have you here for week number three. We are here um, to talk about practice number two in Faith for Exiles by David Kinnaman and Mark Matlock. If you have not listened to any of the Book Club podcast yet, I would recommend maybe going back to episode one. Um, And just kind of getting an idea of what this book is about, what um, the goal is in discussing this book, what the goal is in reading this book, um, and then rejoin us on episode number three. If this is not your first time, we are so glad to have you. Thank you for returning. We're excited to talk about practice number two in this book. Practice number two is developing cultural discernment. And how that leads to resilient disciples. So, thanks for being here. We're excited to have you. of Faith for Exiles, and we were talking about cultural discernment in developing a resilient disciple. Um, Now, we talked a little bit about this in the first week, in the introduction week, um, because a lot of the conversation about resilient disciples in this particular space and time in history revolves around our use of media, our use of um, television, music, social media, all the things. Um, And so we've talked about it a little bit, but I want to expand on it today because I think that this is one of the most important practices, not because it is weightier than any of the other practices, but I think because it's on a daily basis, one of the things that we as adults and our students and our parents and kind of everybody at this point can relate to. Um, It's something that everyone uses, and it's something that is shaping our worldview in a way that is maybe even more, um, that may not be as evident as we think it is. And so, I want to start off by telling you about 23-year-old Sarah. (laughs) She was, (laughs) she was something. Um, When I was 23, the iPhone 4 came out. Uh, Please don't do the math on my age there. (laughs) I had never had a smartphone before, and my family made fun of me ruthlessly. We would be sitting at dinner and my dad would be like, Hey Sarah, can you Google? Oh, wait, <laughs> you have a dumb phone. Um, everybody else in my family had a smartphone. I had a dumb phone, mostly because I couldn't afford a smartphone. <laughs> um, and I wanted one so badly. I wanted the iPhone so badly. I but I remember specifically wanting the iPhone because I wanted Instagram. Well, really two reasons. One, I wanted RunKeeper. I had met these people who were runners and I wanted to be a runner and RunKeeper was like the app that everybody used and so I was like if I had a smartphone, I could have RunKeeper. So I really wanted RunKeeper. I promised if I ever got a smartphone I would start running and I did. Um and ran for quite a while. And then, but mostly, I wanted Instagram. I would see my friends like posting to Facebook, um, photos with like cool vintage filters, and I was kind of just determined that I was gonna be this incredible Instagram photographer poster person. Um, it, you know, influencers weren't really a thing back then, but I was sure that I'd probably influence my the way my friends thought about me, right? <laughs> If I posted just the right picture of my boyfriend or, you know, a fun day at the beach or my day with the kids that I nannied, people would think I was living just this perfect life. Um, Of course, it was a subconscious thought, more than like a manipulative thought that I had, but it was an attempt in some way to control other people's perception of me. Little did I know that the impact that Instagram would ultimately have on me and my life um, and the way I live even now. Um, Obviously, I'm not an influencer. Those of you who know me know that (laughs) I am not an influencer in any way, shape, or form, despite my best efforts. Um, But there are ways that I've seen Instagram change me and the people around me. None of this is surprising to y'all. Most of you also have Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever social media app is out there right now. Um, You've heard of Visco girls, the kind of the quintessential teenage girl with the scrunchie on her arm and the Birkenstocks or the Crocs on her feet and the cute little friendship bracelets and the Hydro Flask covered in stickers. And that became popular because people saw it on social media and wanted to be like this particular like stereotypical girl. That's like one really small, fairly benign way that Instagram has kind of changed culture. Um, I wasn't a visco girl when I first got onto Instagram in 2010, (laughs) but I did have this vibe that I wanted to give off. You know, I wanted for people to think that I had it together, that I was awesome, that I lived this really great life that they probably should be jealous of. Um, Again, subconsciously thought those things wasn't necessarily a manipulative plot, but to uh, think those things and did want those things. Um, but I was also using Instagram even then to inform the way that I should live based on other people's posts, based on what they were doing, based on what they had, based on the way that they dressed, based on um, whatever they were posting at the time. Um, the world of Um, influence is broad and it's deep. It's not just social media that influences culture. We also have music and we have movies that influence culture as well. I've talked before about the fact that rom-coms largely and, and Disney movies largely influenced the way that I viewed marriage until I knew people and was close to people that were married and saw marriage up close and personal. Obviously my parents, but everyone thinks that their marriage is going to be better than their parents, right? (laughs) Maybe not. Um, And then there, you know, I listen to Lizzo and I hear songs like Soulmate and it's like empowering and fun and, and it's got a good beat and, and it's, it, it it feels like, yes, I don't need a man. I can do whatever I want. Um, and, and you can listen to the culture cast with Jason, um, and hear more about just the way that music. And songs like that, they do. They they empower you and they make you excited and they make you feel like you can do anything or be anybody. Um, but ultimately, we um, they change our worldview. They change the way that we view relationship. They change the way that we view um, the way that God created us. The reality is I'm giving in to these worldviews and they don't match my Christian worldview. Um, I can see a number of ways that my my worldview has been skewed because of media. Faith for Exiles says, um, in order to live well and wisely in the complexity of digital Babylon and thereby diffuse anxiety, we must build our muscles of cultural discernment, which is to say the ability to compare the beliefs, values, customs, and creations of the world we live in, which is digital Babylon, to those of the world we belong to, which is the kingdom of God. We as the church have this huge, massive, incredible, beautiful opportunity to answer the question, who am I for our students? We as parents have the opportunity to answer the question, who am I for our children? I as the discipleship director have the opportunity to answer who am I for my girls and my guys that are here. Um, we know that they are image bearers of the creator of the universe we know that they were created with value and with purpose and with worth because they were created by God and they were created in God's image they we know that they are lovable through a relationship with Jesus right they are not just what they see on camera or what they see in the mirror or what they see on social media or what they are even hiding they are not defined by what they're hiding from social media I am not defined. I Sarah am not defined by what I'm hiding from social media. I'm also not defined by what I post on social media. And I think I need to tell myself that about 150 times a day. Um it's they are defined by Jesus and and who Jesus is. So the other kind of um we we talk about the internet and And the chapter talks about the internet educating our children. And we know that there are algorithms as adults. Maybe we probably are not as aware of it as maybe even we should be. But we know that there are algorithms that identify who is searching the internet on any given device. Uh, That algorithm loads whatever it is that Digital digital Babylon thinks that we want. Um, So... My Google search and a 15-year-old boy's Google search are going to probably yield far different results. The ads at the top of every page are going to be different. The ads on social media are going to be different. Even to some extent, the searches that come up based on you know, the cookies or whatever it collects <laughs> will be different. The internet is deciding itself what it wants our students to know. It's not giving us the opportunity to teach our students. It's deciding for itself what it wants for our students to know. It is discipling our students. We've said it last week and the week before. Discipleship is follow me as I follow Jesus. It's leading someone in the direction that you're going. So if if the, the internet we know is not heading in the direction of the kingdom of God, it is not heading in the direction of Jesus. The internet is heading in the direction of commercialism and sex and um, a good, the good life, right? Uh, what they would deem the good life. And it's saying, follow me. I know what you need. And then our students are believing it. <laughs> They're trusting Google over us because Google's easy. Google's way. I would much rather Google an embarrassing question than ask someone an embarrassing question, right? Millions, the book, this is one of the quotes from the book, millions of young people are learning about sex, what it is, how to do it, how to think about it, based on what content a search algorithm decides they should encounter online. They happen intentionally when young people search for things that they don't want to ask an adult or a human in real life because that could be embarrassing. It also happens unintentionally. Young people are exposed to pornography and hypersexualized content um through mainstream entertainment through social media, through their peers, through the Google search, through the ad at the top of at the top of a web page. So how do we pass on a deep faith to young people in this world where evil is seen as good? I think it is. A matter of teaching and learning. Um, I the the book kind of gives a few ways that we can learn. Um, and and as I read it, I think that there were a few that really stood out to me as things that we can do here um, in our space in Citrus County as parents, as leaders, as adults. Um, even even our high school leaders can lead this charge to learn um obviously first learning scripture learning the gospel learning um even things as simple as the catechisms um can be really beneficial hiding the word of God in our hearts allows us to speak truth when we're believing a lie right we do that I do that all the time if if I look um, if I see something or do something or hear something that hurts me or that is frustrating or whatever, I can preach truth to myself, right? Capital T truth. I'm I'm hearing the truth of Instagram that I am not rich enough or I'm not pretty enough or I don't have the right clothes or I didn't I didn't get this thing in time to be cool. Um, that's the that's a lowercase truth, right? Lowercase T truth. But then there's capital T truth, which is I am worthy simply because I'm an image bearer of God. Simply because I bear the image of God, I'm worthy um, and I'm valuable. And because because Jesus loves me, I um, that's enough. And so that's kind of the capital T truth that I teach myself. And so. Giving students the ability, um, the, the scripture and the knowledge of scripture to be able to preach capital T truth to themselves on a regular basis is so incredibly important so that when they're listening to Lizzo sing about being her own soulmate because she doesn't need a man, teaching ourselves capital T truth that A, we are the bride of Christ, um, and, so, uh, and B, that relationship is valuable and important and it's something that God has called us to, whether it's through friendship or a husband or community or whatever it may be. Um, we are not meant to live life alone, and so we can combat some of the lies that we're believing to to protect ourselves and to guard ourselves. We can combat those lies, that lowercase t, the world's truth with um, the truth of the kingdom of God. Second, I think um, we can learn how to teach students what is real and what is fake. Um, We see a lot of fake in media. We see dysfunctional families on TV and families who just make fun of each other constantly. Um, And while, sure, we might have a good time on occasion, that's not what all families look like. That doesn't have to be reality. It's not necessarily reality. And so... Teaching students what reality is. Teaching students that um, when you see only happy pictures of beautiful people on social media, that is not reality. That doesn't mean that those people aren't loving life and aren't happy. But it does mean there is there is something about it that we know is not reality. Um, we're not seeing the argument that they had that morning. We're not seeing the frustration they had with their kids that day. We're not seeing the student that got made fun of at school that day. We're not seeing um, the girl who just broke up with her boyfriend and is devastated or the guy who just got cut from the football team and is and is devastated. Those are not the things that we're seeing. That is not reality. We we are we are only seeing when he gets the touchdown or when he makes a record passing run or when she breaks a record in volleyball or when someone gets straight A's. Or whatever the case may be. That's what we're seeing in, in, on Instagram. And that is what our students see as reality. So teaching them. Reminding them. Constantly teaching them. What reality truly is. what um, What is fake. And what is real. Um, and then the third thing I think that's really um, key. Is learning to serve. I think that for me when I serve and when I give it, give everything away, um, even if it's just for a few hours. I, A, experience experience Jesus in a new way every time, and that's practice number one, right, experiencing Jesus. Um, and so we, we want them to have those experiences with Jesus, but also I see reality. So we go back to this fe- f- real versus fake thing, I see reality I see the reality that sin is real and that we live in a broken world and um, that death is real and that sadness is real and that poverty is real or um you know whatever those things may be those things that we 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 tend to forget aren't real <laughs> um forget are real we are able to see that when we serve. We're able to see um, the brokenness and the sadness. And we're also able to see the joy and the comfort and the peace that Jesus can bring and that he can offer. And it kind of gives us um, a reality check after we've been scrolling Instagram to just serve. To go greet at the front doors of the church. And just to see people's faces as they walk in and to ask them how they're doing. Or to take a new mom dinner um, serving in that way gives us a little dose of reality that's not on Instagram, um, and it allows us when we are when we are being served. It allows us to sit in a place maybe of vulnerability, um, and sit in a place where we are allowing the church to serve us and to be with us and and to help us. Um, and that level of humility um, just brings us back down to earth, right? <laughs> So those are kind of those are kind of my thoughts. Um, I'd love to hear more about your thoughts, um, and hear more about what you what you think um, has helped you with your family, encourage and hone and teach cultural discernment. How are you talking to your students? How are you talking to your kids? How are you talking to your spouses about reality versus the fake? That is on social media. Again, it's not always fake, um, but it gives us a different idea of reality. Maybe it, it skews our perception of reality. So, how are you having these conversations at your house? What um, have you thought of anything creative with your students? Have you thought of any um, any ways to steward your use of social media well? Um, If so, I really want to hear from you this week. This is one of the things that we in student ministry are always trying to do better is teach our students how to use social media responsibly. It's also something I'm trying to teach myself every day. How to use social media responsibly? Because on a day where I feel lonely or sad or bored, it's really easy for me to pick up my phone and scroll Instagram for a couple of hours or to look on Facebook and get caught up in the arguments between people or to go on Twitter and pretend like I'm a little bit more socially conscious than I really am um and so I would just love to hear from you guys how you're doing this how you're talking to your kids how you're talking to your spouses how you're talking to your friends about cultural discernment how you have become discerning culturally so I'd love to hear from you you can email us at srsm at sevenrivers.org. I'd love to hear more. I'd love to hear what you guys are thinking about this book so far. And obviously, if you have any other suggestions for books in the future, I'd love to hear those too. We will have a couple more weeks of this book, and then we'll be done. So it'll be time to move on to something new. Um, anyway, we are just, I'm just thankful that you guys are here. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for emails. Um, we've really loved hearing from you guys. We can't wait to be back next week where we talk about practice number three. Um, which is gosh guys I didn't have it I'm so sorry meaningful relationships oh guys this one is good we're going to talk about mentorship next week so good I'm so excited thanks for being here we love you Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Book Club. We were glad that you were here. If you love our content, you can follow us on Instagram or on Facebook at 7Rivers Student Ministry. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, tips on podcasting, you can email us at srsm at sevenrivers.org. Also, if you love this podcast, please subscribe to it. If you really love this podcast, give us a five-star review that helps us get this content love you guys and we can't wait to see you again.